was on recently, the Trans Channeler. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Sorry about that. Maybe he's still lingering around. <laughs> yeah. He's somewhere in my Yeah, my he's head. in your head. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. <clears throat> You ready, Rick? Yeah. Welcome inside the vortex. My guest tonight is John Ruskin, a musician, artist, and author of Emotional Clearing, a groundbreaking book that combines elements of Western psychology with Eastern mysticism. While John doesn't hold a Ph.D. in therapy, he trains therapists. His book, Emotional Clearing, was hailed by leading psychologists. John is also the author of Emotion and Art, in which he states that a lot of artists, including some very famous ones, are manic depressive, which is not necessarily a bad thing. What is radical about John Ruskin's series is the fact that he disagrees with the widespread popularity of positive thinking. You know, focus only on the positive. Think your problems away using visualization, affirmation, and so on. John argues that focusing on positive thinking exclusively is a mistake. One can, that can lead to sickness and dysfunction. Welcome, John. Thanks, Beth. That was a really good intro. Well, thank you. I just thought I'd uh, share with you a song that a great uncle of mine used to sing because uh, it relates to what I just said about positive thinking. Uh -huh. Only he turned the lyrics around. There was a song from the 30s that went, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and he uh -huh. turned it upside down and annoyed everyone by singing, accentuate the negative. <laughs> Well, maybe that should be my theme song. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to think about that. <laughs> so tell us about uh, your your quibble with uh, focusing exclusively on the positive. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, that's a really pivotal concept, and it's a really good place to begin, because what focusing on the positive overlooks is that there's this body of suppressed negativity that we carry around with us, and the problem in psychological work is really how to address this suppressed body of negativity. That's really where, where Freud began so long ago, and even though Freud's sort of been passé up to now, that, that theory still really holds water. And people who just emphasize focusing on the positive aren't really acknowledging, to begin with, the need to address or even work with any of that negativity that we just carry around suppressed. And as that negativity gets triggered by relationships or work situations or just anything that's happening in our life, or actually, in fact, it can do a lot to bring those difficult events into our lives, we don't really address it. So. Once what do we, we do? We push it down, suppress it? Yeah, we just resuppress. Whenever negativity emerges, which would be when, let's say, something unpleasant happens in your daily life experience, that's really the opportunity for you to address that negativity. And the way that it's perceived is through a feeling, obviously. So if you work with the feeling that's behind any difficult, uncomfortable, or negative event, you start going in the right direction. But if you simply decide to push that feeling away and try to overrun it with a positive feeling, you don't even acknowledge the need to work with the feeling, plus just focusing on the positive, using an affirmation, I am happy, I am lucky, I am wealthy, whatever, doesn't really address the situation. 
so what happens is an outcome because there are a lot of people really hooked on that positive thinking you know I am wealthy you know there's all kinds of books out there about attracting abundance there's all kind of uh, books and and uh, videos and yeah. optional CDs about you know when people are sick I am well I am you know and so on so what happens yeah, and, when and actually I might make, I might comment on that I don't want to use specific names but some of those big organized spiritual groups have seen the light and have actually turned on to my book understanding that just focusing on the positive is really of limited value and there needs to be something else done. The negative does need to be addressed in some way. So, so how do we do it? I mean, I know you don't advocate. I read a great deal of your book, Emotion, Emotional Clearing. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was marvelous, by the way, my, my uh -huh. personal opinion. And uh, was something that... Um, uh, that you that you state in the book is that uh, okay so you know instead of suppressing the negative instead of, you know you're feeling angry at someone at work um, instead of just pushing it down and go you know and saying uh, I like that person I really do like that person right right you uh, you find some way to process it but you're not advocating going up to that person and right. saying I have to tell you my honest feeling I really do hate your gut right right hmm. that's so what are you doing so that's the next big step after you understand that you have have to work with an activity how do you actually do that and there's a, a variety of approaches to that some of them would advocate what you just suggested but this is where I feel that my work has really touched on areas that have been very neglected or actually I, I would say it's the cutting edge because we don't focus on expression of a feeling, let's say. This whole idea of getting it off your chest has been very popular for the last 50 years in psychology, let's say up to maybe 10 years ago. It's the whole idea that you need to get rid of a feeling, and that's kind of an obvious conclusion when you understand that keeping the feeling in, suppressing it, is what leads to its buildup and its negativity. But trying to express the feeling is where we go into another very limited area of psychology, even though it's been what's been emphasized in the past. So just to sum up what my approach is and what I've found through my Eastern techniques and the Eastern philosophy and so on, is that I've learned, and I've tried certainly expressing feelings, and I have no problem personally with assertiveness. That's an issue for a lot of people as well. But I found that just expressing my feelings, confronting the person who I thought was hurting me, or, or uh, even being argumentative, or just trying to be, in occasions in the past, being venomous and trying to get it out, just didn't lead anywhere. And in fact, I personally found, and I've seen in clients and other people, that it tends to build up the negativity. It doesn't release it. It just tends to keep it accumulating and actually establishes negative habit patterns that are ultimately destructive. So what the discovery was, was that rather than suppressing or trying to express, the feelings get cleared by their experiencing. And this is why, according to this theory, and I'm not the only person who advocates this, feelings were suppressed to begin with because they were never properly experienced. It's not that they were never properly expressed when they were first experienced, let's say childhood, 
which is understood to be a common area for the beginning of traumatic suppressed feelings. But there was never a clear kind of experiencing of this feeling. So what happens is when a feeling gets originally suppressed, it gets shut down, it gets held in a suppressed place. Now, if you can just sit with your feelings in a quiet place with a quiet mind, pretty soon suppressed negative feelings start to come up into your consciousness in the forms of memories or or fantasies that get worked out or just the remembrance of day-to-day events. These are the feelings that need to be integrated, we say, integrated from their suppressed, cut-off place. And Integration is a good word here because integration doesn't really imply expression necessarily. Integration implies some means to include this part of yourself which has been cut off. This very important vital emotional part needs to now be brought back and made whole. This is another way to look at psychological holism. So to make this experience, this emotional experience, whole, we simply need to move into a place of experiencing it. And as we open to feelings, it seems simple, and the basic theory is simple, but it can get a little more sophisticated in how to do this effectively and not get into other kinds of quagmires. But as you just sit with a feeling, allow yourself to welcome this feeling, to move to a place of acceptance of it, because it's the actual rejection of the feeling that both in the past and in the continuing present, which keeps this feeling suppressed. As you move to a place of acceptance and then experiencing it on a body level, and then what we call witnessing, detaching yourself, moving into this higher place of consciousness, we find that the feeling starts to clear, become integrated, release itself, and events that it's been attracting into your life somehow miraculously change overnight. So give us some examples. You've worked with a lot of people, I understand, over the years, and, and you train therapists in this uh-huh. type of therapy. So, so <clears throat> excuse me, how effective has it been for people? It's effective. It really works. And people who have been dealing with issues all their life, uh, if we just, for, when I'm working with clients, for example, if we just sit with a feeling and we make a place for that feeling, we welcome it, we give it some kind of positive regard, we treat it as a part of ourselves that needs to be honored rather than just rejected and pushed away. And once we do that, I'll be sitting with a client and we'll be spending 10 minutes on a feeling that this client may have had all their life, and it may seem like nothing is happening. There's very little talking going on, but the client is in a relaxed alpha state to begin with, which is very similar to a hypnotic or a meditative state. And after after 10 minutes, the client will say, yeah, that, that's, it's gone now. Yeah. And, uh, and what they find is that their lives, events in their lives start to change, because what you're saying, I know that what you've stated in your book is that Similar to what the uh, great psychologist Carl Jung said, that what you don't deal with in your unconscious comes to you as fate. In Mm. other words, um, these repressed feelings actually make things happen in your life that you think are happening to you. Right. But in fact, unconsciously, you're creating those events. Is that... Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's absolutely another basic principle of my book. 
I wouldn't use the word creating, though, because it implies that you have some kind of conscious intent to mm. bring those experiences to you. The way I say it is that the negativity that we're holding within attracts these events to us, these negative events. Mm. So let's be really concrete with an example. Uh, I read recently that uh, a lot that, that one of the most common psychological problems that people have today is a kind of chronic victim mentality. In other words, uh, you know, we're always, things are always happening to us, you know, things fall apart, things, you know, we're being picked on by, by whatever, and uh, uh, this kind of chronic victim mentality um, sort of develops a almost a personality of its own. In other words, we feel we're completely out of control of everything that happens to us. Yeah. So would you say that some of those patterns of being uh, chronically a victim, feeling put out, put upon by the world, um, you know, woe is me and all of that, that this comes perhaps from repressed memories from childhood, for example? The way I look at it is that this whole mindset of victimization does contribute to the furtherance of being a victim, but it's really a mindset. It's the way you perceive and react to your experience. Seeing yourself as a victim does contribute to the continuance of negativity coming your way, but it's not the primary factor that keeps bringing the negativity to you. The victim mindset is really just the way that you decide to interpret your experience. It doesn't allow you to move forward and make any progress in releasing negative feelings, and that's the basic reason why it's really a, a dead-end kind of mindset. And if, if you have a victimization mindset, you find that you just don't move forward and negativity keeps piling up. But once the mindset has changed from being a victim to understanding that the negativity I'm holding within is what attracts the events to me, then you've shifted into a mindset of what we could call taking responsibility for your experience. You, you understand intellectually that this negativity that's inside contributes to the events that you experience. So in a way, this is really empowering because once you understand that what you're holding inside is what's responsible for bringing your experience to you, it gives you the power to change what happens to you by simply working on the inside with your experience. Do you want an example about this? Yes, I that, would love that might, uh, Typical thing that's very common today is a sense of unworthiness coupled along with financial issues. People have a hard time achieving success, and there's a real popularity for success-oriented coaching and website programs and things like that. But what's inside, there's a feeling of a lack of significance, a lack of worth, a feeling of I'm not good enough, a feeling of uh, I can't really do anything. Now, the way it works is these feelings attract experiences that correspond to these feelings. In other words, you will experience failure. 
and in many events, we, we know about this also, but it's often hard to spot it in ourselves, we become self-destructive and we'll actually put out the, the energies that will result in our self-destruction. We'll sabotage ourselves in order to bring about our limitation, our failure, in correspondence with these feelings. But what's the, uh, the connection here? Why do we do this? This is the uh, kind of the pivotal connection that makes the work very tangible. We do this in order to bring up these feelings. We fail, and then we have feelings of being a failure, of being insignificant, of being not good enough. So the experience brings up the feelings. Uh, we could say that the way the universe works, we keep bringing these events to us primarily in order to bring the suppressed feelings that correspond to the events to the surface of our consciousness. So that's why when we start to take responsibility for the events, it's also the opportunity to start addressing and working with this negativity that's now coming to the surface. So if we experience a failure, rather than trying to hype ourselves into success like we spoke about in the beginning, recognize that it's now the opportunity to confront these feelings that are inside yourself, these feelings of not being good enough or maybe being criticized. These are feelings that correspond to what we call the, the power center, the solar plexus center. This relates to achievement and getting recognition. But if we're holding this negativity in this center of not being good enough, it results in failure. So what we do when we get to this point of understanding all this is then process these feelings of negativity. We stay with the actual feeling of failure to start with, the feeling of not being good enough. We make a place for these feelings. We actually welcome them rather than trying to just keep pushing them away because these are the feelings that have been cut off, suppressed, stored, keep accumulating, keep resulting in bad experiences as well as, I might say, uh, health problems because all these negative energies are a major factor in impacting our physical health. So once we change our attitude towards these negative feelings and just welcome them with the perspective of needing to put them through the process, which means sitting with them and then experiencing them in this somewhat special way, as you move into this direct experience of all these feelings that have been suppressed so long, it changes you. You're a different person overnight because you're no longer rejecting and pushing away so much of yourself. You're now moving into an accepting relationship with yourself. And just this very mind shift can be a tremendously emotional point for many people on the psychological and spiritual journey. You're inside the vortex with my guest, musician and author of Emotional Clearing and Emotion and Art, John Ruskin. Here's a tune John wrote and performed Tibetan Lament from his CD Day by Day. <laughs> 